welcome to A Theater in the Dark's A White Whale, or Moby Dick. Our show is adapted from Herman Melville's novel and directed by Corey Bradbury. A White Whale was originally presented live on the internet in April 2021, with performers broadcasting in real time from Chicago. On the traditional homelands of the Council of the Three Fires, the Ojibwe, Odawa, and Potawatomi Nations, in addition to the Miami, Peora, and Kikapu tribes. From Vancouver, the traditional and unceded territory of the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Squamish nations. And from New Orleans, the traditional territory of the Chitimaca, Choctaw, Hauma, Tunica, and Quixada tribes. To hear our show unabridged, or to hear other audio offerings, find us online at atheaterinthedark.com. Ishmael's birth below deck. The snores of sailors around him. Since the crew rest six inches under the Pequod's deck, we sleep under Ahab's ivory heel as he paces each night above us. On life and death, this old man walked. Captain Ahab, sir. Yes, the stop. Uh, you ain't your bed now, sir, more than three hours out of the 24. Sir, you pace with a heavy, lumber-like gait. If you care to walk the planks, no one can say nay. But maybe there's a way of muffling the noise. Maybe put a wad of towel on the bottom of the- If cannonball stub were to stuff me in that fashion, go thy way below to your nightly grave, where such as ye sleep between shrouds. Down dog and kin em. I am not used to be spoken to that way, sir. Avast! No, sir, not yet. I will not be tamely called a dog, sir. Then be called ten times a donkey, and a mule, and an ass! Let the reverberating cracking din of this bony step stir thy dreams to the crunching teeth of sharks. Be gone, or I'll clear the world of ye. I was never served so before without giving a hard blow in return. I don't well know whether to go back and strike him, or down on my knees and pray for him. And it would be the first time I ever did pray. I take him fore and aft, he's just about the queerest old man Stubb has ever sailed with. Mr. Stubb, call old hands aft. Sir? Call old hands. Fast tips there, come down! All hands out! What the devil's the matter with him? Look sharp, all of ya! There are whales hereabouts. If you see a white one, split your lungs for him! What do you think of that now, Mr. Stubb? There's a small drop of something queer in that. A white whale? Did you mark that? Mark the chicken him that pecks the shell. There's something special in the wind. Ahab has that that's bloody on his mind. What's that in his hand? Um, he comes this way. What do you do when you see a whale, Min? Sing out for him! Keep your weather eye open and sing out every time. And what do you do next, Min? Lower away and after him! And what tune is it you pull to, Min? A dead whale or a splintered boat? A dead whale or a splintered boat? Aye. Mr. Starbuck had me the hammer. You heard me give orders about a white whale. Look here! Do you see the Spanish ounce of gold? It's a $16 piece, men, a doubloon. Do you see it? Whosoever of ye raises me a white-headed whale with a wrinkled brow and a crooked jaw, whosoever of ye raises me that white-headed whale with three holes punctured in a starboard fluke, 
whosoever of ye raises me that same white whale, ye shall have this solid gold out, my boy! It's a white whale, I say, a white whale. Skin your eyes for a look sharp for white water if you see but a bubble men Sing out! Captain Ahab! What is it, Flask? That white whale must be the same that some call Moby Dick. Moby Dick? Know the white whale, then, Flash. Queequeg says. Does he fantail a little curious, sir, before he goes down? And has he a curious spout, too, very bushy for a parmacidi? And mighty quick, Captain Ahab. Tashtego says. And he have one, two, three. Oh, a good many irons in his hide, too, Captain. All twisky be twisk. Like a corkscrew, I, Tashtego. The harpoons lie all twisted and wrenched in him. Aye, Queequeg, his spout is a big one, like a whole shock of wheat and white as a vial of our Nantucket wool. He fantails like a split jib in a squall. Death and devils, men. It's Moby Dick you've seen. Moby Dick. Captain, I too have heard of Moby Dick. Was it not Moby Dick that took thy leg? Who told thee that? Aye, Starbuck, aye, it was Moby Dick dismasted me. Moby Dick that brought me to this dead stump I stand on now. Aye, 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 aye! It was that accursed white whale that raised me, made a poor pegging lover of me forever and a day, aye! And I'll chase him round Good Hope and round the Horn and round the Norway Maelstrom and round Perdition's Flames before I give him up. Truth, this is what ye've shipped for, men, to chase that white whale on both sides of land and over the earth till he rolls fins out and spouts black blood. What say ye, men, with your splice hands on it? Aye, aye, a sharp eye for the white whale. A sharp lance for Moby Dick. God bless ye, God bless ye, men. Stuart, go, draw the great measure of grog. Aye, aye. It's this long face about, Mr. Starbuck. Wilt thou not chase the white whale, or not game for Moby Dick? I am game for his crooked jaw, and for the jaws of death too, if it fairly comes in the way of the business we follow. But I came here to hunt whales, not my commander's vengeance. How many barrels will thy vengeance yield when you get it? Will not fetch much in Nantucket. Nantucket hoot! Nantucket! If money's to be the measurer, let me tell thee, my vengeance will fetch me a great premium here! As he struck his chest, I thought I heard a vast but hollow thump. The grog! The grog! Drink and pass! Round with it! Long swallows, men, tis hot as Satan's hoof. It spiralizes in ye, forks out at the serpent's snapping eye. Vengeance on a dumb brute that simply smote thee from blind instinct? Madness. To be enraged with a beast, Captain, seems blasphemous. All visible objects are but masks. If a man will strike, strike through the mask. How can the prisoner reach outside except by thrusting through the wall? To me, that white whale is that wall, shoved near to me. He tasks me, he heaps me. I see in him outrageous streeth with an inscrutable malice which I chiefly hate. Be the white whale agent or be he principal, I will wreak that hate upon him. Talk not to me of blasphemy, man. I'd strike the sun if it insulted me. The crew, the crew were one and all with Ahab. Something had shot from Ahab's dilated nostril that we had inhaled into our lungs. Drink now, men. Drink and swear. Death to Moby Dick. God hunt us all if we do not hunt Moby Dick. To his death. <laughs> 
God keep us all. I, Ishmael, was one of that crew. My shouts had gone up with the rest. My oath had been welded with theirs. The stronger I shouted, the more and more did I clench my oath. Ahab's feud seemed mine. Starbuck paled and turned and shivered. Yet Starbuck's coerced will and body were Ahab's, so long as Ahab kept his magnet trained at Starbuck's brain. The cabin at sunset, Ahab at the stern windows. Was not so hard a task. My one cog circle fits their various wheels and they revolve. I, I lost this leg. They think me mad, but I am madness maddened. Time was the sunrise spurred me and the sunset soothed. No more. This lovely light delights me not. Loveliness is anguish to me. Damned. Suddenly and malignantly damned. Damned in the midst of paradise, the sun dies, falls down as my soul mounts up. Is then the crown too heavy that I wear? Tis iron, I know, not gold and split. I feel the jagged edge cuts me so my brain seems to beat against a solid metal. No! Your great bully gods, you've knocked me down, but I am back up again! Come see if you can swerve me. Swerve me! Ye cannot swerve me! Swerve me! The path to my fixed purpose is laid with iron rails, and my soul is grooved to run the tracks over unsounded gorges, through the rifled haunts of mountains, under ocean beds, unerringly I rush! We hold upon our lines, flanking that whale on both sides, his flask and I went lance for lance. Round the peak while the battle went, the sharks drinking the fresh blood spilled at every new gash. But our three boats, oars, and men stove around him, and whirling in the eddies, the captain, seizing the six-inch line knife from his broken prow, dashed at the whale like an Arkansas duelist, blindly seeking with a little knife to breach the deepest life of the whale. That captain was Ahab! Aye, Flask. And then it was... Suddenly sweeping his sickle-shaped lower jaw beneath him, Moby Dick reaped away Ahab's leg like a field mower reaps a blade of grass. Oh, Mr. Flask, he's a strange one. If I had one leg, you wouldn't catch me on a boat. I don't think it's so strange after all, Mr. Stubb. If his leg were off at the hip now, it would be one thing. But Ahab has a knee. A knee? Oh, I don't know that, my little man. Did you ever see him kneel? Ah! Nearby, Starbuck at the mainmast. My soul is more than matched. She's overmanned. And by a madman. He drilled down deep and blasted my reason out of me. I think I see his end. I feel that I must help him do it. He tows me with a cable I have no knife to cut. I plainly see my miserable office. To obey, rebelling, and worse yet, to hate him with a touch of pity. Yet, time and tide flow wide, there is some hope. The hated whale has the round, watery world to swim in, yet with the humanity in me will I yet try to fight ye, grim old phantom futures. Stand by me, hold me, bind me to. Our captain stood upon the deck, a spyglass in his hand. A viewing go 
of those gallant whales that blows at every strand. Oh, your tops and your boats, my boys, and by your braces stand. And we'll have one of those fine whales and boys overhand. So be cheery, my lads, may your hearts never fail. While the bold harpooner is a-striking the whale. Had you followed Captain Ahab down into his cabin after the squall took hold, you would have seen him spread out before a large, wrinkled roll of yellowed sea charts on a screwed-down table. Who's that? Mr. Starbuck? Ah, What's a squall? It's worse than being in the woods on the last day of December. Why, Pip? Little Pip, the cabin boy. Frozen heavens, are there no hearts above the snow line? Oh God, aloft there, somewhere in the darkness, have mercy on this small black boy down here. Quiet, boy, quiet, come, boy. Thou reminds me of my own child in a way. Come, sit in my chair. What's this? Let go of my hand, boy. No, Pip, no velvet shark skin but my own hand. I said only my hand. Ah. Perhaps it seems to you a rope, something that weak souls may tether to. Thou touches my inmost sensor, boy. I feel thou art tied to me by cords woven of my heartstrings. Let us rivet these two hands together, the black one with the white. Whiteness. Think of pearls or marbles whiteness, a signifier of gladness since the Romans. Many touching noble things are white, the innocence of thrives or marble justice. In Greek mythology, Jove himself was a snow-white bull and a white dog, Pip. See a polar bear and the great white shark. What is it in their whiteness that so shocks the eye? Whiteness is not so much a color as the visible absence of color, and at the same time the concrete of all colors. A silent blankness, a colorless soul color of atheism. I think of the gilded velvets of butterflies and the butterfly cheeks of young girls. All these are sadly deceits. Dost thou know the skin of the whale? The blubber! The blubber, aye, near the consistency of closed grain beef, but tougher, more elastic and compact, eight to fifteen inches thick. Pondering this, the cold pale universe lies before us like a leper. Of all these things, the white whale is the symbol. Would you wonder then at my fiery hunt? Hist, did you hear that noise? Captain Ahab! Aye, Mr. Starbuck. We must send down the main topsail yard, sir. The band is working loose and the lee life is half stranded. Shall I strike it, sir? Strike nothing, lash it. Sir? In God's name, sir! Do you take me for some hunchback skipper of some coasting smack? Strike nothing and stir nothing, but lash everything. You kill a squall by firing your ship right into it. Quick and see to it. By mast and keels. And take this one with you as you do. Aye, sir. Come, Pip. Crack, old ship! If we survive this squall, we are the lads to hunt Ahab of his whale! Aye! Oh, how the three pines shake! Eight bells there, forward! Tumble up! Eight bells there! Strike the bell eight, Pip! Though the ship seemed to warp against the storm, as waves grew steadier and air grew warmer, 
my mind returned to that grand white phantom, that murderous monster against whom I and all the others had taken an oath of violence and revenge. I realize now, such a crew, so officered, seems specially picked and packed to help Ahab to his monomaniac revenge. What the white whale was to Ahab has been hinted. What he was to me remains uncertain. There she blows! At a most unwanted hour, Stubb first saw the spouting jet by moonlight. So impressive was the cry that almost every soul on board instinctively desired a lowering. Lower away, Captain. Yet the silvery jet was no more seen that night. Each sailor swore he saw it once, but not a second time. This midnight spout had almost grown a forgotten thing when, some days after, Whoa! At the same silent hour, it was announced, and again seen by all, but once more it disappeared as if it had never been. Rather would I have seen the great squid and fought him than to have seen thee, white ghost. And so it served us, night after night. Stubb swore our unnearable spout was cast by one self-same whale, and that whale... Moby Dick! Yet with his ivory leg inserted into its accustomed hole upon the deck... For hours and hours would Ahab stand gazing dead to windward. Few or no words were spoken. A silent ship, as if manned by men made up of wax and paint, day after day tearing through all the swift madness and gladness of the demoniac waves. Thinking Starbuck with a shudder. Awful old man, sleeping with open eyes through gales, keeping unwavering eye on thy purpose. Stern old! Till the white whale spouts black blood. Thank you for listening to A Theater in the Dark's A White Whale or Moby Dick, adapted from the novel by Herman Melville by Corey Bradbury. Tonight's show was originally presented live over the internet and performed by Elizabeth McCoy as Ishmael, Mac Gordon as Starbuck and Stubb, and Robinson J. Cyprian as Ahab. Nick Montopoli created our original music, Soundscapes by Mac Gordon with Corey Bradbury. Special thanks to Bethany Daigle, John Olson Communications, and Solana Oliver. I've been your stage manager, director, and sound engineer, Corey Bradbury. A White Whale or Moby Dick was produced by myself, Mac Gordon, Jake Kaufman, and Bridget Chief Grace. A Theater in the Dark creates stories through sound, and we're just a couple of artists that love storytelling. If you enjoyed the performance, please tell a friend or post about us on social media. You can also find on-demand streaming options of our audio plays and can support us directly through our website, atheaterinthedark.com. And thank you for supporting Chicago's A Theater in the Dark. Hi, everyone. This is Corey Bradbury. I'm the director and adapter of A White Whale, and I have the pleasure of speaking with Robinson J. Cyprian, who played our Ahab. Hey, how are you? Doing great, brother. How are you? I am doing great. It's very weird to be talking to everyone a couple of months after when we were in so close contact virtually uh, during the show itself. Yeah, it blows my mind that this is this was in April. It's crazy to think. <laughs> yeah, and I like to remind people, too, that as they're listening, I mean, this was all done in sequence, night after night, live by the actors remotely. So it's been very strange for me as an editor to like cut it up into these chunks, but really cool to listen to the show in a new way, too. Yeah, I like the episodic format of this. I don't know. It's kind of interesting to be like, ooh, what's going to happen next? <laughs> yeah, and I know 
know with the the size of the book too, there's so much that we left out just because you know needing to fit within a certain time frame. But actually, that might be the first question that I have for you. And we talked with Ishmael and Elizabeth about the adaptation process for a performer from how much text there is in the book to then the 15,000 or so words in the script itself. Did you pull from the book at all? Did you take it just from the script? How did you develop your approach to Ahab in this in this introduction and especially through the doubloon? I definitely say I just went and stuck with the script. I like the story of Ahab, this rise of a king a king of his uh, domain, really. And I really enjoy uh, just in this beginning moment when you are introduced to Ahab, you're introduced to his fervor and his, uh, his desire for what he wants right now and how much he does not care <laughs> for anybody's well-being until he gets what he wants, you know? And uh, I think that is what really intrigued me. And I didn't think I needed text because to me, it's his... It's his tale as old as Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. And certainly influenced by characters like Macbeth, King Lear. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And I know I deliberately tried to model some of the soliloquies and the adaptation after some moments of Macbeth in terms of like the monomania and this idea of vengeance and revenge and station and in life. It's, it's, the, it's the Lear moment of like yelling at the storm too, you know, of just... Am I oh, yes, yes, else? absolutely. Yeah, yeah, is yeah Ahab certainly has some <laughs> screaming at the storm moments for himself. But it's interesting though, because like they're all modeled sort of Lear, Macbeth, Ahab are sort of three parts of a triangle. Yeah, they're all the same. They're all part of this unholy trinity, if we can call it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of just of just these people who their greed and their desires overpower logical thinking. And I think that is just so fun to see. And I think when you see this in that episode of uh, the balloon and talking about his I think the cabin scene, I don't even, I love that monologue. It's the cabin scene. With where Pip? He's a, uh, no, when he's speaking to himself. Oh, oh right. Looking uh, at the sunset. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My one cog circle fits their various wheels, you know, and this is what he wants is the machine to flow smoothly. But of course, it's life. Nothing's ever going to flow smoothly, you know? <laughs> yeah, and Ahab's such a logical person, but also such an emotional person. And to me, I interpret those like swings back and forth as like the heart, the head, the gut, the head, the heart, and like back and yeah. forth. And that creates this vibration within Ahab. I enjoy just Ahab's inner thoughts, you know, how he... Like you just said, the Pip monologue, the monologue, the whiteness monologue, we called it. And I just listening to it again, I'm like, he touches on so many interesting things. And I'm like, this is a man that is smarter than he lets on. He sees more than he lets on. And I think when crafting this character, I really wanted to showcase that. I know it's only with our voices, but I really wanted to showcase that Ahab is smarter than he lets on and that his plan is masterminded by someone even greater than himself or even greater than God, if you want to go even further, right? Like, <laughs> sure. As it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. His struggle for the search for meaning. Yeah. Like it just brings up, it's just a interesting sidebar to me of just like, what is fate and what, what is destiny? you know, in this play, like, <laughs> I love that you call in this play, like the sidebar of like, oh yeah, the examination of fate is a sidebar, but yes, you're right. There's so much going on in this play. Absolutely. <laughs> just the layer. I mean, but it's just the layering of it all. Right. Yeah. Like Ahab is just, he, I've just loved, I love that first moment you meet him, right. Of the, the imagery he says that you are a dog 
you are a dog to me. Go back to your kennel. Don't speak to me of blasphemy. I would strike the sun <laughs> if somebody, ins- if God insulted me. Like, it's just one of those things of like, that imagery is just so powerful and so huge. And as someone who is six foot 10, you can't see that <laughs> behind a, a, a Zoom call. But for someone who's six foot 10, that is just such cool imagery to me of like someone just saying, you know, don't speak to me about defiling something. I'll I'll do the most evil thing possible if you doubt me again. <laughs> Ahab, it's so interesting because like certain interpretations too, and even in like visual drawing or visual art have seen like Ahab as this also uh, an enormous man, but also a very small man and like a very injured man, but also a very able man. And it's really fun to see, like, especially in your performance, you going through all of these different phases of Ahab as he goes from like moment to moment and really struggles against like the confines of the cage he finds himself in. He's such a fun role, just vocally where he, the actor side of this, like vocally where he lies in me just was so fun to just find this weird little gravelly sound. But then with this gravelly sound, he can go higher, you know? And it's like, <laughs> it's it's just fun to play with that because it's, the, the levels that Ahab has as a performer is just so fun to flesh out. And especially when we were doing this on a night to night basis, finding the different highs and lows or the mm-hmm. different questions, the different questions that he's asking himself in these moments, you know, what is whiteness? Is it the whale or is it purity? Is it is it the absence of evil or is it evil incarnate, which I think was always an interesting question, right? Yeah. And that's another thing I love about your performance too, is that you allow yourself to have these big like furniture chewing moments, but also these very honest and like intimate, delicate questions like that, that it's so much fun to go on that roller coaster as a listener, I think. Yeah. And to hear the feedback from people of them going like, yeah, no, Ahab made me shudder or he made me feel scared. And I was like, I did not, that wasn't the <laughs> the plan, but <laughs> yeah. you know what? Let's go for it. People imagining too, because I know well, I'm admit, this might be kind of my final thought of like Ahab in charge of a boat that's in the middle of the ocean. Like he, the buck stops with him. Like the choices he make impact people's lives. And so many of us find ourselves in like a passenger role in life or a mate role in life, perhaps that like the idea of struggling with the weight of the questions that Ahab has, I think really becomes overwhelming in, in a good way for a listener when you're really considering like what he has at his disposal and what he stands to lose. Yeah. And you did such a great job of adapting this and, and bringing this buildup of Ahab that when, when you meet him, you are just automatically taken aback because you're just like, whoa, who is this guy? Why is he, you know, so aggressive? Why is he so abrasive? And you're just like, no, this man lost a leg. This man is trying to go back and hunt for his leg, essentially, and go back and get his revenge. And I, I, he's, oh, he's just mind blowing. And I love (laughs) it. I love everything about it. He's so fun. (laughs) 